Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. You may be seated. I hope you know this morning that um, whatever may be going on in your life, good or bad, there's nothing more powerful than that of the power of Jesus Christ today. Um, you and I have the amazing privilege of serving and worshiping and praising and living with and obeying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that's in charge, the one that's sovereign, the one that knows what's going to happen, the one that knows the end from the beginning, the one that is in charge over all of us, the creator of all things. That's who we have the opportunity today to serve, to know, to know about, to direct us, to guide us, and to lead us. We're not here singing about, we're not here worshiping a, a, a carven image, a dead person. We are worshiping and following the risen Christ who has power over all, who is in all, through all, and above all, and who is the name above all names this morning. Amen. Amen. And that is who, my friends, we want to take just a moment to pray to is the only one that can do for us what we need done for us in our lives anyway, right? How many times have you found yourself in a situation that you try to take care of yourself, you try to fix yourself in your strength, in your wisdom, in your ability, and you, and maybe it's just me, I don't want to speak for you this morning, I'll speak for me, I mess it up worse coming out what I tried to fix than what it was before it started and before it got bad. Anybody else been there? I have. I have. Truth be told, and we've talked about this a lot over the past couple of months, truth be told, the only thing that matters in our life today is what the Lord can do through us. Because in his power, in Christ, we can do all things because he is all-powerful, because he works through us. It's not Michael doing absolutely anything, because like I told you, I believe it was last week, Michael's not a number one draft pick. Michael may look like a physical athletic specimen, may look like twisted steel and athleticism, LeBron James type athlete standing in front of you. He may look like that this morning, but reality is that's not him. But Christ in me is the hope of glory. God, when God the Father looks at me, he no longer sees my failure. He no longer sees my past. He no longer sees my sin. What God the Father sees when he looks at me is the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ that has washed over my soul. So God is the one that can do for us. God is the only one that can do for us what we need done, both in the spiritual realm on the inside of us and in the physical on the outside of us. So I said all that to say this. We want to pray for you this morning. That's a long-winded, if you have a prayer request today, raise your hand. If you have a prayer need today, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. All right, those of you that do not have your hands up, look around. 
Look around. You'll see ones close to you that do. Get up out of your chair. Let's go gather around those that do. Don't touch, okay? We don't want to touch anybody unless they turn around and give you a high five or a hug. But get out of your chairs. Get out of your seats. Go gather around those that have their hands up. If you had your hands up, put them back up. Put them high so we can see you. We want to pray with you and pray for you this morning um, to pray to the Lord of heaven, to God above. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, again, today we thank you. God, we thank you for you being who you are, and we thank you for what you have done for us. God, we thank you for being the creator of all things. We thank you for being in, through, above all things. God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus. We thank you for his death and resurrection on the cross. God, thank you so much for salvation, for grace, for mercy, for direction, for guidance, for leading. God, thank you so much for who you are and for what you have done for us. So God, we come to you this morning. Some of us with broken hearts, some of us with heavy hearts, some of us needing hope, some of us needing peace, some of us needing direction, some of us needing answers. And God, we come to the one that has it all. We come to you. We come to God. We come to our Father in heaven that loves us, that says in Scripture, has blessed us, says in the Gospel of John that has given us blessing after blessing after blessing. God, we come to the only one that we know of that can meet us in our time of need today. God, I know there is a family within the sound of my voice today that have friends that are hurting, that are struggling, that have questions, there are kids with questions. God, I pray today that you will do a work in their life. I pray today that you will give hope where hope is needed, that you will give peace where peace is needed, that you will give love where love is needed. God, I pray today that you will give a hug where a hug is needed. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. God, I pray that you will do a work in our lives. God, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, God, it doesn't matter. We believe that you see us. We believe that you hear us, and we believe that you will answer us. So God, I pray that you'll give us your heart, give us your mind, and meet our needs today, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being a father that loves his sons and daughters. Thank you for being a father that doesn't cast away the losers, the screw-ups, the sinners. God, thank you for being a God that opens welcoming arms and accepts us, the losers, the screw-ups, the sinners. 
Lord, thank you today for you being who you are and what you have done for us. God, we love you so much, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I feel like that was like a decent sermon, like we could just pray and go home, like we're, we can just go eat lunch, we can get the first ones in line in Chili's, and that's where we're going. We're going there too. Uh, let me say one more thing before we get to uh, scripture. Uh, anybody watch the news this week? <laughs> okay, let me share something with you real quickly. Uh, obviously, if you've paid any attention at all, there was a huge Supreme Court ruling this week concerning um, abortion on the federal level. Um, let me share this, um, and then we will we'll, we'll look in the Word here at a couple things. Uh, number one, um, is that a reason to be thankful and to praise God today? Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Jeremiah says, verse chapter 1, Verse 5, that while we are still in our mother's wombs, God knows us. Um, is that a reason to be thankful today? Yeah, it sure is. Is that something that um, many of you, the church as a whole, have prayed for and been looking for for a long time? Yeah, it sure is. However, that's not the end of the story. The Supreme Court ruling on whatever day that was, Thursday or something, is not the end of the story. The end of the story is still yet to be written, and here's what I mean. Just because the Supreme Court ruled that um, abortion is not made legal on a federal standard, on a federal level, there are still prayers to be prayed, there are still beliefs to be claimed, there are still blessings to be claimed, and now is the time for you and I, the church, the believers in Christ, the followers in Christ, to do what we should have been doing for years and years and years and years before. And what is that? A couple of things. It's to share the word of the Lord, to share to expecting mothers, to share to unsuspecting mothers, to share to unplanned mothers how much God loves the mom, how much God loves the baby, to simply share that love with our voices. And number two, it's time for us as the church to take care of the downtrodden in our community. It's time for us as the church to physically, if need be, physically come alongside a young mother, an old mother, an unexpected mother, whatever it is, it is our job, it is Christ through us um, that gives us the ability to come alongside these families, to love, to pray, to support, to encourage, to give, to serve these these uh, families, young men and young women that are going through this thought process and that are going through this time in their life. That's not on the world. That's not on the Planned Parenthood people. That's not on the Republicans. That's not on the Democrats. That's not on the men. That's not on the women. That's on me and you. Hear me? That's up to us. God calls us to take care of the least of these. God calls us to take care of the ones that nobody else thinks they, that they have anybody to care for. 
That is on you and I. So while we have a reason to, um, to praise God this morning, there's still work to be done in our everyday lives for you and I to continue to do what God has called us to do. Can I say one more thing? Can I say one more thing? Can I say one more thing? Somebody needs to do something about this adoption process too, okay? Alex and I were talking about this this morning. Alex and I was talking about this this morning. I have no clue, um, whatever. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. There are families. There are men. There are women. There are families, older families, younger families, that God is calling to take care of unwanted babies. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Us as a church, God is calling you and I, maybe to adopt, maybe not to adopt, but what God is calling us to do, to take care of the people around us today. That is our commission. That is what God has left in our hands to do, is to love the least of these, the ones that think they have no hope, the ones that think they have no future, the ones that think they have no light at the end of the tunnel. No, there's light. There's the light of the world at the end of that tunnel. And it's up to you and I to share that goodness and to share that message both with words and physically with our lives. If that means we got to start collecting baby supplies for, uh, for unexpecting mothers, guess what? We're going to collect baby supplies to give out to whoever needs it to unsuspecting mothers. Whatever needs to be done, I'm in. God is calling you. God is calling us to be in as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. They need more prayer than anybody else. <laughs> yes, they do. All right, y'all. Let's look here. Let's look here. Let's look at Psalm 71. I was going to read this whole thing, but I don't think I'm going to. Let's look. Start at verse 8. Verse 8 says this. This is David speaking. Psalm 71, verse 8. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Stop. <laughs> Stop. We get one verse in and we're stopping. David says there that my mouth is declaring your splendor, declaring your glory all the days long. Is it hard for anybody in here today to be thankful? Is it hard to find reasons to praise is it hard to come in here to sing these songs of worship that we just sung? Is it hard for you to connect your heart with the Father's heart and simply be thankful? Here's the deal. I think it is. You may say no. Can I be honest with you at the possibility of being offensive? Can I share with you and you not get offended? It's like me asking for permission before. <laughs> That's not necessarily whatever. Okay, here's the deal. Um, it's easy to look at somebody's face and tell whether they're thankful. It's easy to look at their attitude to see if they have a reason to praise. You can tell a lot by somebody's face. Amen? Amen. I just walk into my house sometime <laughs> and I see my lovely and 
gorgeous, talented, and gracious, smoking hot, two-time baby mama of the year. And I see her smiling, and I'm thinking, yes, I did something right. I'll say, hello, Kelly. She'll say, hey. I say, what did I do right? She'll say, nothing. The kids are taking a nap. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's got nothing to do with me. And then sometimes I come home, and I see my lovely and gorgeous and talented, smoking hot, two-time baby mama of the year wife, and she's looking like this. <laughs> Boys, y'all know that look? Yeah. 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 You know that look? And so when that happens, I tell TJ, I'm like, hey, buddy, we got to go to Walmart. <laughs> you know you're in tough shape when you'd rather go to Walmart with a seven-year-old in the middle of the afternoon than stay home with a wife, a lovely, a gorgeous, talented, smoking hot, two-time baby mom of the year wife when her face has that look on it. You know what I'm talking about. You can tell a lot by the look on somebody's face face. I think it's interesting. We see a couple times in scripture um, that we see one particular time with Jesus. We see that it was important for him to show his face to a lady who was, had an issue of blood, who had a blood disease, who had a blood problem, and who did everything she could do to crawl to Jesus, fight through the crowd to get to Jesus, just to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. You know the story, you know what I'm talking about? And she crawled through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. And what happens? She touched it. The word says that Jesus then did what? Who remembers? What did he do before, what did he, do before he said that? He turned around. Why did he turn around? So that she could see his face. And because she is much more worthy of a blessing than a backside blessing. She's worthy of a frontside blessing. So Jesus turned around, showed her his face. Now, for this lady to even be around a crowd of people, she was breaking Jewish law. And she was probably going to get arrested and probably at least thrown in jail for a little while. She was not supposed to be around people. She was not supposed to be that close to people. She certainly wasn't supposed to be touching people. So she thought, oh, Jesus just turned around. I'm dead meat. He got me. However, Jesus turned around, showed her his face, and he said what? Daughter. Daughter. Because of your faith, you have been made well. Your face tells a lot about you. Jesus didn't turn around. He's like, mm, who touched me? Jesus turned around and said, your faith has made you well. Today, I believe we have the opportunity. You and I have the opportunity today to worship, to be thankful, to glorify God, and to make God known in the people around us outside of these doors. And one of the ways we do that is simply with our face. It's hard to be thankful looking like this. I've never gone through Thanksgiving lunch buffet in the kitchen like this. <laughs> I've never woke up on Christmas morning like this. I've never seen the hills beat Duke with my face like this. So here's the reality. You may not realize it this morning, 
but I can tell whether you're thankful. I can tell whether it's easy for you to praise the Lord or not. I can tell it's easy for you to sing these songs with a glad heart. Not only can I tell, but the people around you can tell. Not only can the people around you tell, the people at the restaurant this afternoon, they'll be able to tell. Your husband, he can tell. Your kids, they can sure tell whether you live a life of thankfulness or not. Simply by the look on your face. So I want to encourage you with one thing this morning, one reason. If you're not thankful today, I want to encourage you one reason to be praising God today. David says, I praise you all day long. I praise you all the day long. My mouth is filled with your praise all day long. No matter what happens, I'm praising. On the mountaintop, I'm praising. In the valley, I'm praising. In the good times, I'm praising. In the bad, a lot of money, a lot of food, nice car, no car. Doesn't matter. I am praising. And I want to give you encouragement today. Real quickly, I want to give you encouragement today on one reason why God is worthy of our praise. Is that good? Got to share that with you this morning. Does that sound good to everybody? All right. I was going to read more Psalm 71, but we're not going to do it. Skip it, Spencer. Skip it. All right. Ephesians. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 says this, starting in verse 3, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse 7, in him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Now there's a lot of words in there. There's a lot of reasons to be thankful in there as well. And we're going to talk about real quickly two of them, well, three of them. Number one, we have been given blessings. There are two types of blessings that we receive from Christ. One is what I like to call everyday blessings. You know what everyday blessings look like? You being here. The coffee you drunk this morning, that's an everyday blessing. The food, the breakfast you may have ate this morning or the lunch you're going to eat this morning, that's an everyday blessing. Um, the a toothbrush that I'm trusting that we all use this morning, that's an everyday blessing. Um, your, your physical ability to be here, everyday blessing. The shirt that you have on, and maybe more importantly, the pants that you have on today, that's an everyday blessing. God has blessed us greatly and immensely today. Also, Paul says that he has blessed us in the spiritual realms with every spiritual blessing um, under heaven. What's a spiritual blessing? Well, a spiritual blessing comes from spiritual places. A spiritual blessing can only come from heaven above. A spiritual blessing is things like salvation. My saved people say amen this morning. 
that's a blessing from God, that you and I today can sit here knowing the life that we've lived before, knowing where we've been, knowing what we've done, knowing what we've said, knowing maybe even what we were doing last week or even last night. We can sit here today as forgiven people, as holy people, as made new people, as people going to heaven today because of salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is a spiritual blessing. And if you need any other reason to praise God and to be thankful today, you don't need, let me rephrase, you don't need any other reason other than the salvation of Jesus Christ, other than the blood of Jesus Christ that washed away all of your sins. But if you do, guess what? God's a good God. He's got some other reasons for you this morning. Anybody need a little grace in your life? Yeah, spiritual blessing. Anybody need a little patience? Yeah, yeah. I need like an extra dose of that some days, especially in the mornings. Ugh. The summer mornings aren't so bad because Kelly's at home. <laughs> During the school year, I need, uh, it's terrible. Um, anybody need a little help forgiving other people? We talked about the jerks in our life a couple, couple weeks ago. Anybody need a little help forgiving those people? Can I give you a little insight? You need a lot of help forgiving people because you can't forgive them on your own, right? It's not in you to forgive. It's in you to hold a grudge. It's in you to get revenge. It's in you to remember. It's in you to get them back for do, with, do to them what they have done to you. It's only through Jesus Christ. It's only through the power of Jesus can we forgive anybody. Why? Because forgiveness is God's job. That's what he does. That's who he is. We need his help to forgive people. That is a spiritual blessing. Paul says that we have been giving every spiritual blessing that you need to live the Christian life today. If you need a reason to be thankful, if you need a reason to praise God, if you need a reason to clap and to shout and to be joyful of who God is and what he has done, Paul says you got it. You've got blessings. You've got spiritual blessings. You've got everything that you need. The second reason we have to be thankful and to praise God today found in that scripture is that Paul says that we have been adopted to sonship or adopted to daughtership in Christ Jesus. We just talked about the adoption deal a couple seconds ago. and Let me tell you how adoption worked in Roman times. Uh, for a young man to be adopted by a new family, by a new dad in Roman times, was a little different than it is today. Um, in Rome, for Romans at this time, a Roman son never, um, never got out from underneath his dad's authority until his dad passes. Does that make sense? He was always, the Roman boy was always underneath dad. He was always subservient to dad. He was always obedient to dad up until the time that dad passes. So for a dad or for a son to be adopted by another family, he had to be cut off from his original family because until the time dad passes, he's always servant. He's always obedient to dad. Does that make sense? So here's how it worked. Here's how the Roman adoption process worked. There were three steps. Number one, there was a ceremonial buying of the son. So what would happen was the new dad would come to the 
um, um, biological dad, I guess, and he would buy the son. The biological dad would sell the son three times. The first time, he would come over to him and he would say, Ed, I'm going to sell you my son for $100. So Ed would give me $100, then he would have my son. Then we would cancel that debt, say, nope, I'm going to buy him back. So I'd give him his $100 back. Then we'd go through this whole process again. I would say, Ed, I will sell my son now to you for $200. Ed would say, okay. He would give me $200. He would have my son. I would say, no, 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 no. I want him back. So I would buy him back. I would give him back his $200. Then the third time he would come up and I would say, Ed, I will sell you my son for $500. Like, I'm not joking. Like, $500 for TJ. Yeah, $500. He is pretty smart. $500. Deal. And then Ed would say, deal, $500. So Ed would give me $500. Following that, following those three sales and buybacks, and then on the final one, there's no buyback. Following that, then I would have, or no, Ed would have to go to the, um, to the government and provide a legal case, much like they do today, provide a legal case to the government of why this son wants to leave the original family and why he wants to join the new family. Okay, everybody follow so far? Now, once that is approved, once there is a ceremonial buying and selling three times, once the uh, legal part, the legal case had been done in the courts, once that happens, then the son will become Ed's forever and ever. What does that mean for me and my son that I used to have? Nothing. We have been cut off. We've been what the word calls kazazad. We have been cut off. I no longer have a son. If I had three kids, I now have two. He doesn't have my last name, doesn't have anything to do with me. If I were to introduce myself to you, I would tell you I have two kids. There's nothing to do with me. He's been completely cut off. Not only has he been cut off for me, but his whole life is completely changed. The son. He's basically born again because he gets a new last name. Any debt that may have been required, may have been acquired over his lifetime has been washed away. His past, where he's been, where he's where he went, what he said, what he did, how he acted has all been wiped away. Anything, any legal matters that he may have had in the past has all been wiped away. He is a brand new person because he has a new dad. He has a new father. He is no longer servant and a Obedient to the old lifestyle because he now has a new one. Do you guys get the picture that Paul's trying to paint here? Gosh, I hope so. Because you and I today, according to Paul, have been adopted to sonship. We have left our old life. And God, through Jesus Christ, paid the price for you and I to be called his sons and his daughters. He physically paid the price of the life, death, resurrection. The blood of Jesus Christ is your price. It's your worth. That's how much God loves you. That's what you're worth in God's eyes, that he sacrificed his own son so that you could be his son and his daughter today. Not only that, but now that you belong to Jesus, guess what? That old life is wiped away. That debt that you owed for your sin, paid. 
That sin that you committed back in 1976, forgiven. That bad stretch that you went through with addiction back in the day, forgiven. Gone. Wiped away. Why? Because you have a new daddy. You have a new dad. That old life is gone, Paul says in Corinthians. Why? Because you've been adopted. You cannot live with a new dad and still have your hands in the old life. That's not the way it works. Paul says you've been adopted to sonship. When you are adopted, you leave the old family because you're in with the new. Now, is that good news or what? You want to hear the better, even better part of that? Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There is nothing that you can do to disqualify yourself from adoption. I don't care how bad you are. God loves you. I don't care where you've been. God loves you. I don't care what you said. God loves you. Get this picture of adoption here of a dad with open arms, welcoming his new son, welcoming his new daughters. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done, said, thought, or participated in, God in heaven is there looking at you with open arms, welcoming you into his family and all the while removing you from your past. God has adopted us. One quick, more quick thing about adoption. Adoption is vertical, right? It's between us and God. Does that make sense? But adoption is also horizontal because, go back to our story, if Ed adopts my son, I no longer have a son. But if Ed had three sons, guess how many he has now? And that fourth one has all the rights that the first three did. There's nothing that the first three have available to them from the father that the fourth one doesn't. Adoption to sonship is vertical, but it's also horizontal. You know what that means? We're brothers and sisters. You and I. Me and you. We may not look alike. We may not have the same hairstyle. Close. We may live in different places. We may like different food. But you and I are family. You and I are there for each other. You and I are called to love each other. You and I are called to take care of each other. You and I are called to bless, to encourage, to pray for, to rebuke, to live life together with each other. While adoption is between us and the Father, no doubt, but it's also between us and our family members. That's why you read so many of the words each other's in Scripture. And that's why Jesus is serious when he tell, calls us to live life together. Because I need you. I need you. I don't think you understand. Like, people, like if people, you hear people say that, and I've said it before. Like, people are like, yeah, that's cool. No, no, no. Like, I need you. I need your encouragement. I need your prayers. I need you checking in on me when you had not seen me in a couple of weeks. 
I need you in my life. I've got to have you in my life. And you may not know it, and believe it or not, you need me. Because you can't get through life on your own. You can't get through life on your own. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many resources you have. You cannot do it. You need me. You need me to cry with you sometime. You need me to encourage you. You need me to laugh with you sometime. You need me just to listen to you sometime. You need me to answer some questions for you sometime. And I need those same things from you. That we are adopted to sonship, Paul says, which is between us and the Father, but it's also between us and other people. So today, my friends, if you need a reason to praise, if you need a reason to be thankful, you've been adopted. God says, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you. And God has arms open, welcoming you into his family. And his family is big, and his family is great. Are there some messy times with family? Yeah. 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 But does that change the father? Does that change that they're family? All that is is an opportunity for you and I to love and to encourage and to pray all the more. Amen. Let's stand together. Come on up, trio. I was going to say band, but it's not really a band. It's a trio. Hey, do y'all want to be a quartet? I'm available. Ed, Ed, he's going home with you. He's yours now, bro. He's yours now, bro. <laughs> Jesus tells a story in uh, Luke chapter 11, or chapter 7, excuse me. No, he doesn't tell a story, but we read this story about Jesus in Luke chapter 7. He goes to a Pharisee's house uh, for dinner, and uh, there's a lady in there, a sinful lady, the word says, comes to him and takes an alabaster box, alabaster jar of perfume. You can know the story. It's Luke chapter 7. You can read it. And she busts it open, and she pours the perfume on Jesus' feet, and she dries his feet with his hair. And there were some people in there, some Pharisees in there, saying, Ugh, like, does Jesus not know who this lady is? Like, does he not know where she's been? Does he not know what she does? And Jesus then tells a parable, and then he says this here in verse 44. He says, do you see this woman? And he's talking to the, to, the, to the man of the house he was in. He says, do you see this woman? I came to your home, and you provided me no water for my feet. You, and she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening, nothing for me to freshen up, but she has soothed my feet with her perfume. It's impressive, ain't it, Jesus says. And then Jesus says this, these words. She was forgiven many, many sins. So she is very, very thankful. Jesus is saying this, simply put. Those who are forgiven much, praise much. Those who are forgiven much, worships much. Those who are forgiven much, 
glorifies God much because they understand the life they left and the family God has welcomed them into. So I want to encourage you today, as we sing, when you leave this place, to live a life of being thankful, to live a life of praise. God made you to praise him, and we can do that today in all aspects of our life. Amen. Amen.